Women in Wellbeing is an Evans Center podcast, highlighting emotional well-being and mental health through Jewish sources and interviews with experts and activists. I'm Dr. Naomi Grummet, director of the Evans Center, and I will be your host for this episode. It gives me the opportunity to thank Karen for her wonderful hosting of the podcast, for her dedication, her beautiful Torah insights, and for being with us for such a long time. And I look forward to Karen's being back next month. In the meantime, today, as we usher in Shvat, we are going to be talking about transitions. And we are going to talk both about the transitions that Shvat brings briefly, and then we will be talking about the transitions which we're seeing as soldiers begin to come home from being on the war front. Shvat is indeed a time of transition. And as we close out the winter months, Shvat takes us from a time of hibernation, of nature closing off and looking outwardly as though there's not much going on, and into the first blossoms. Shvat is the time of coming back to life, of renewal and rebirth that we see in nature around us and Deshkedia being the most prominent symbol. And that transition that Shvat brings takes us over into spring and allows us to remember that so many things that have happened in the quiet winter months have been going on underground, have been going on internally, but now they take light and they blossom in the world around us. Um, And this time of transition is fully symbolized um, by the renewal that we see in everything around us. Similarly, we are beginning to see a transition in what is happening in our war front. And while we continue to pray for the release of all the hostages, the soldiers coming back healthy and uh, and shalim and complete, while we continue to pray for the healing of all who have been injured in any way, we have seen that, and we've been told, that many soldiers are being released back to the home front. And this gives us the opportunity to discuss um, what will that transition look like and how can we prepare for the transition when people come home. So today we'll be talking with Amalia Misul Jesselson, an MSW psychotherapist who is a couples, family, and sex therapist. Amalia has particularly been working with Miluim Nakim Reservists who have been serving over the last few months and she has been um, directing and answering their needs, helping them to get answers to questions that they need and um, think about what are the issues that are most prominent for them. Today, we will be speaking with her about what we can do to help in the transition back from the war front to the home front. So Amalia, let's start our conversation with a general understanding of what kind of adjustments will be needed when people come back, whether it's husbands or wives who've been serving in the reserves and are now coming home, what are the kinds of things that we could keep in mind that we can think of and that could help in this adjustment? I think that the idea of understanding that we have parallel universes happening 
And that's uh, going to take a while to get to know each other about these months behind. And every month was like a year, and every year is like, you know, an eternity. Um, and just to, it's kind of what you say in people that are dating, to take it slow. And to welcome the things that are comforting in each other. And to know to ask for them. But to also know that the other side may not be able to give it. That's, by the way, a good rule that I use in couples therapy as a rule. To know what you would like, but to also know that it's okay if you don't get it. And that's a really good rule to take any time in life. By the way, as a parent, as a, you know, as a relationship, anywhere. But especially now, I think that's a good rule to hold. Um, but yes, to try to connect somehow, uh, to really make time, but to also understand that each one of the couples really needs time to adjust, well, not just the chayal. So go back for one second. What do you think are the things that are going to be an adjustment when people come back, like we want to say, look, you're normal if right. it takes time to adjust. Right. And here are the different parts of life that might take adjustment. Can I take one step even earlier? Yep. Let's not forget that everyone was shocked <laughs> by the 7th of October. And like many things in life, um, it hits every family differently and every couple differently. And some couples were in the middle of getting divorced and some couples were in the middle of the biggest fight. And some couples had really great sexual experiences before and they couldn't wait to start again and some couples really were having bad sex year and they were just going to therapy and some couples um, were having challenges with their kids and some couples were having challenges at work and so many things and, and it's kind of like did it stop did it continue what happened and and how do you start do you first meet and, and ask about the work so I, I just want to say that I, I really appreciate a lot of these organizations coming out with these do's and don'ts things that they're sending out on a lot of WhatsApps and, and a lot of places. And they, I really think it's a great place to start, but please remember that everyone is so different. How can people come home and be affected by this war? This would take hours and hours and years to explain. But in a nutshell, we have to expect everything. A person can come back and be so traumatized that they have personality changes. They can have bursts of anger. They can be depressed, which, by the way, are the two coins of, of depression. They can have anxiety. They can be very wary they can be overly protective of things that sometimes they weren't. You know, where are the kids? Where are this? What are you doing? They can be scared. They can also be um, extra docile, like very calm, which is really sometimes very scary for someone who was always full of, of, of energy. They can be um, emotionally shut down. They can be emotionally heightened. I mean, and, and I wish I could say, often I say that, not a lot changes a personality. A personality just becomes more of who they are. But that, unfortunately, is right when it's not only when it's not just trauma. Trauma can literally take someone off a course, and and you find different parts of that person uh, after a traumatic event. Before coming home, there has to be an understanding that both partners really created their own life. We have two. It's almost like a first date. It, it really, and and it's one of the tools that I use. Literally, nice to meet you. You know, if it what used to be nice to meet you when you guys met at the beginning, I'm a student for, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing shlichut uh, for, literally, hi, I'm a soldier. This is what I've been through. This is what I'm doing. Um, this is things I can share. These are things I can't share yet. And also, usually, I'm going to speak as women and men, that the woman's at home, but of course, it works for both ways. And the woman really is, hi, you know, I used to be, you know, a mother and a partner and a social worker or a lawyer, and now I'm holding it all. And I'm also, I'm also preoccupied with my partner whose life is in danger. I'm preoccupied with my partner that I can't hear from. Um, and so I go to the hospital alone with the children. I take them alone to Miyun. I don't, you don't even know half the things. How can you know me when you don't even know the things that I've gone through would be one of the narratives that I think 
what do you, I don't know how much you've heard that, but I've heard that again and again. I think it makes a lot of sense. So really, I really invite these couples to have a first date and really to not assume anything. But it's also hard because they kind of want to come back to each other, to a place that they know and a place that's safe and a place that's mm-hmm. welcoming. And really, it's very hard to do that when there's so much unknown. So what do you think are things that can help people to make the adjustment back in to being with each other? First of all, if someone comes home from war, everyone's coming home from war. It doesn't make a difference if they were in Aza, if they were in the north, if they were in the Bakum, if they you know, were, were feeding, if they were in the kitchen, whatever it is that they are, um, everyone's coming back from war. And there's a war also happening at home the, you know, that's, that's really affecting everyone's soul. And so we hear of talking about body and soul. And how do we express both needs, uh, both planes that we want to bring together, especially if we're talking about sexuality and we're talking about coming together, um, both emotionally and physically, of course. So one would really be to ask, let's, let's be curious. Really, really ask, what's good for you? And if the other couple, if, you know, if the woman comes to me and goes, listen, I had kach v'kach, you know, my life has been crazy. I haven't slept normally. I'm not just worried about the kids. I'm worried about you. I haven't been able to do work. I have been able to do work. I've been holding all on my own. I just needed to take the kids for a day or two. Let me get back to myself. I'll meet you in two days. The husband may say, you know what? I'm happy to, you know, get down to business. I'll take over the, you know, for two days. You go do what you do. We'll meet in two days. It could be that he won't be able to. And then he'll have to say, I can't. I need two days to compress. I need to go and walk for two days and not stop until I can get sights out of my, out of my brain, out of my soul. I need to get the smell out. I don't know what everyone's going to come back with. Um, but really, it's just to understand that each one needs their space. And I really encourage everyone to try to say as much as they can what they need and to be okay with the other partner not being able to give it at the same time. Do you think that people who were in the front line should share with their partner? Or even not the front line, but uh, whatever they such were a Such a good question. You know, as a rule, knowledge is, is a big question of this war, I think, right? You know, this whole... This whole uh, situation, how much should we know? Do we have to know? People, I have been an advocate of not reading and not watching as a rule from the first day. I begged people to close their phones, to close their children's phones. You know, if you don't, it's, I'm really on the need to know basis kind of thing. Um, and that's as, as a first, you know, response. After that, it really depends on the person that wants to share. Um, and that really depends on the couple. Sometimes I've had wives who've said to me, if you can just tell me where he is, I'll be able to know, and then knowledge is a calming factor for me. And that, by the way, is something I actually identify with. Knowledge is a calming factor for me. But there are women who say, don't tell me when you go in and out. I, I can't. I'd rather just know that pretending that, or hold the, hold the idea that you could be, but you may not, and that's calming for me. And also with husbands, sometimes they'll decide, um, I'm not going to tell her so she doesn't worry, but she worries more, because you know what, what does that mean? Um, so again, what is it telling? What is it sharing? Maybe to ask, can I tell you? Is it okay if I share with you? Or to ask, is it okay if you tell me? You know, can you tell me something? I'd like to know what's happening with you inside. Even if you don't give me the details, she can ask, I want to get to know you again. You know, knowing what you went through will help me, help you, will help me, help me, can help us become closer. Do you think for, for people who were away, it helps to actually share details? Like from a psychological point of view. As a rule, to be honest, the the trauma work often talks about getting into details. But that lav dafta has to happen with your spouse. 
like many things. And yes, I believe in open communication, open everything. But I don't know if, if a person feels that they need a trauma intervention, then the, I would first maybe, maybe, maybe recommend to go to a trauma specialist to have, you know, a se- even a session. What does it mean for me to say these things? Um, because we can, uh, you know, create other traumas at home. Uh, but again, I'm not saying to keep secrets. If he wants to tell and she wants to hear and they're both well-adjusted adults, it's a choice. You know, it's like anything that we're going to share in life and, and go for it. But sometimes, again, the trauma work really is often uh, going through it step by step. I want to say something that happens in the army. I don't know if there's something that, you know, everyone knows. There are uh, health professionals literally that wait outside Aza. And when the chayim go in and out, in and out, they sometimes do some work with them. When someone, when there's a takrit and there was, God forbid, killed or, or people were killed and people witnessed this and they're friends, they, they do some kind of work and they go right back in. But the work they do is to strengthen. It's not taking it apart. It's not analyzing it. It's kind of like, you have the strength, you have the this, this is what you saw. This is not the time to open it, get back in there, which is really it sounds horrific for us here in, 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 you know, sitting here in Jerusalem. It's so painful to think of something like that. But we all can imagine times in life where we're like, okay, I'm not dealing with this now. I'll deal with it later. And thank God our psyche has that option. It has, a, it has the option to split off. It has the option to push it aside and say, you know, I have the koch to push this aside and to, to work through this. So I would like to say to a lot of these couples that I wish for everyone to have, please God, a very long and lasting life that doesn't start and end in this next month. And so... Sometimes we can say this month you're home. Like I said, there's the couples that are coming home for a month. They're okay. together for this month. How are we doing this month? Not what is the rest of our life going to look like? So if you ask me, my first one is, my first point would was, if I sum up for a moment, um, where are we up to? My first point is to be very honest in asking how the other person, what the, what's good for the other person and what's good for me at that moment. And please remember, you can change your mind. Yesterday, I thought it would be good for me if we didn't have sex. Today... I really want sex. I think, but that's part of being aware of where you are and what that means and checking in with the other partner. Um, so one is asking and, t- and sharing. Uh, the other one is making time to set what I call the first date. And there may be many first dates. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I say many first dates, because remember first dates, we didn't always want to go on the second. So keep on going on that first date. I want to ask you for a second about different areas of life, not just the intimate areas, mm-hmm. but like, in general, I feel like you've been working with me, Louie and Nikim. So what are the kinds of questions that they're asking you about? Or what are the things that they're having a difficult time with? I think that, I'm going to tell you about the Miluim Nikim. I think that the Miluim Nikim, they really, I think they know what's going on at home. I think they understand that life, that they left their spouse at home with life. And I, I actually have met most people that have a lot, a lot of respect for that. I'm not worried about the understanding at all of these amazing people coming home, but more of the trauma that they may have gone through mm-hmm. and will affect that understanding because they may not realize that they're in need. And also the trauma at home being every time someone dies, people don't sleep. They wake up at six thirty in the morning. They're afraid of knocks at their door. This, this is true. We are re-traumatized again and again. I'm not, I'm, I'm just talking, we are in the middle of the trauma. We have not people talking about post-trauma. I'm like, Ooh, far down the line, like we'll only know, right? But what can we do for that? We can really create safe places, accept the person's um, uh, experience, you know, etc. So what are the Miluim Nikim saying? The Miluim Nikim are saying, she's amazing, I just want to help her. I just want to be there for her. And I think that's, I mean, that's beautiful. But they're going to come home and find out that what they think is help and what she really needs may not be at the same place. Um, 
because she's also going through her own trauma, waiting for him to come home. She also wants to be there for him. I had, a, I, had a, I work a lot with 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 uh, wives these days, and there I had a wife tell me, um, so he's coming home, and I really need to go back to work. Like I need to be able to do work like full time for just a minute. Just give me a day just to be a person at work. But I know that he's going to come home, and he's going to be needy, and he's going to want me, and he's going to this, and and I want to be able to give them to him. And she says, how do I do that? And I. You know, here's a pill. I, I, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. There's, it's really an impossible situation, which we can make less impossible by accepting that there's time. Hopefully, as much as you know, there's always that last goodbye before they keep on leaving again and again, which is very traumatizing. Um, we have to be able to believe that we'll have other opportunities. But even with that, if a person's traumatized in any way, um, different things can happen, and it can happen in love of conversation. That's an outburst of anger. And by the way, from both sides, I'm not just talking about the soldiers, but yes, it's probably going to happen more on that side, that there'll be an outburst of anger, that they'll be, he'll get reclusive, you know, become reclusive and, and be depressed and not be interested and eat extra, eat less, want sex more, want sex less. Um, uh, cause it goes back to the beginning. They need to get to know themselves because we talk a lot about how partners can get to know each other. First, everyone's going to have to get to know themselves, but we don't get that. We don't get to say, okay, everyone, the war is over. Let's go home. Take a year to get to know yourself, do your journey, and then come back to your partners. Each, also the people who stayed home. Yeah, you get your year, you get your year. I, I wish. And, I then wish. Go on and, then go, and then go on a first date. <laughs> we kind of have to get to know each other. And and yes, absolutely. I encourage if you find that you're having both each each couple, the women, the men, if you're having upwards of anger or, or moments of, of depression, first of all, normal, normal, expected. It, it almost makes me, I want to say that's almost more like good than being completely shut down and, you know, unresponsive. But go get help. It doesn't have to be, I'm going to therapy now for the rest of my life, it, which, you know, I'm not against. But, <laughs> but, but, but really, go, go. You can go alone. You can go together. Each couple should decide on their own. Go back to a therapist you knew. You know, go back to someone that, go, go find someone, ask for a recommendation. Go through the, through the army, through private. I encourage, I find there's so many options out there to be able to talk. You don't have to do this on your own. That's I think that that's thing. a big, big thing I'd like to put on my outside of my house together with, you know, bring them home. Like, you know, <laughs> you don't have to do this on your own. Yeah. We're there. There are professionals out there. We're with you. We're learning. We're people. We, we, we can help you. And, and seek friends, seek people, you know, um, seek out anything that you need. And allow anyone that's listening to this, if, you're, if you find out that it's hard for you, listen to your partner when your partner's saying, go get, let, let's find help. Let's find anything that can help us on this journey. That's amazing. Um, I feel like there are a lot of people who are going to come back who are going to have a hard time with an intimate and sexual relationship. Right. Um, you kind of already addressed it in right. being able to ask what's good for you and, right. and saying, you know, I need this or I don't need right. this. But are there anything specifically that might be difficult? And how do you see the transition back? Into, into a sexual relationship? Yeah. Okay, so we have to give background again. So first of all, we don't know where this hit anyone in their sexuality. As in their own personal sexuality and in their couple's sexuality. And number two, unfortunately, because of the heinous things that have happened during this war, um, I have had women who've said that they've had a very hard time even feeling sexual and wanting sex and accepting a sexual relationship even with a partner with, who's not a chayal. Just today, 100%. we have women and men, by the way, who really are, are just traumatized by the horrible... Uh, situations uh, that we find ourselves in here. And I feel so, like there's also a lot of stress, like when you have a so, huge so, level of stress. So first of all, I'm saying about 
the horrible things that happened in the 7th of October and things that could be happening still. And, and that's something that comes up to people and it's very hard to put away. And again, I can't stress enough, do not watch, do not read. It does not help the people. It does not help the people. The guilt that you think that you need to read this stuff. It does not help anyone. It only hurts you. So that's one. Um, two, um, the stress that is that is out there that we are all feeling these days, definitely. By the way, you can read about it in different places that have, have already publicized. Um, yes, sometimes stress, and and but the stress that comes with a fight or flight, which is kind of like how we're, we're living these days, um, can actually, some people actually feed on that, and they really have great sex, and they they, they want to express themselves, and they, they have all that energy and all that vitality, and, and it's there, and it meets them, and you know, and that, that feeds what they need, and that's great. And then many factors that we know that can reduce, you know, libido and, and libido and and uh, and feelings of attraction, even your own sexuality, are definitely stress and worry and being run down and scared. Um, and that's, that's a challenge. But again, if we're talking about sexuality right now within a couple and a committed couple of coming home, we're not just talking about, you know, other things right now, then there's, that can be a place of feeling safe and how do you create a safe environment and how do you talk about what I felt and what I've done and how I missed you and how I didn't miss you. What did I miss about you? What did I not miss about you? You know, really trying to make it, if sex is always very personal, I would stress that point even more because that mm. also helps to close out the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. What did I miss about you? What did I think about you? It can be the most explicit. It can be the most emotional, you know, thing that you can say to each other that sometimes is enough to say, this is our room. This is our space. Um, you know, the, someone said, oh, we should give couples to go away. And I'm thinking, what couple wants to leave their kids now? You know, it, it, he just came home. The first thing they're going to do is leave their kids. So maybe find a way to anyways find, you know, to do that. And if it means taking a day off from work, even though, and finding that space where the kids aren't home. And it really is more important than ever that, that this couplehood, you know, build, rebuild itself and reconnect. Nothing's broken, but just that reconnection. Um, part of it, but really, really to make it as personal as possible. I want to say, I feel like it's important to also give legitimacy that if you can't be in Oh that, my gosh, of course. I'm sorry if that wasn't clear. No, like, but again, that's what I meant before about, you know, there's time. I, I'm going to, I'm going to preface again and say something. Let's remember that there's, you know, if you look on the internet again, you know, there's a thousand reasons to have sex. I mean, seriously, what are the reasons for a person to have sex? Or to even be in an intimate, you know, physical relationship. Comfort, giving, taking, um, um, emotional needs, uh, physical needs, getting pregnant, you know, uh, um, um, reassuring yourself, reassuring your own partner, right? So we can go on and on and on and happy to go through all of those reasons to have sex. There's never one reason. And so the truth is that someone may come home and say, I'm so spent, I, I can't even think about, and let alone if someone's traumatized, sometimes touch is too much. For either partner, by the way, um, in trauma. So that's what I said. First date, first date, first night, first whatever. Is it okay if I touch you? Can I hug you? Not. I. I I'm less into can I have a hug because that's very. You know, a person feels the need needy. to give it. It's a little bit needy, and that's not always. But if that's the really, that's your type of relationship, great. But can I? You know. You know. Can I give you a hug? Actually says no. It's not good for me right now. And that's great. That's very what's called like that's very makarev that's very honest that's very communicative and 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 that can actually bring someone closer to know it's okay if i say no yeah because i don't know yet what i need or to say i'll try you know sometimes the woman could i'll just give an example you know the man really wants a hug and he'll say can i give you a hug and she'll be like 
let's try. And sometimes when you say, sure, let's try, gives opens it up for like I'm opening I'm open for it, but I don't know what my body's gonna do. And that's okay not to know what's gonna happen at any point. I feel like for a lot of people, um, there is something of like when you're away and you have been through difficult times. So again, like you said, there are some people who are like, I need to be back in I need to be in my relationship and I need to be with my partner because that is what brings me back to feeling normal. Mm-hmm. And for other people, it could be that both members of the partnership mm-hmm. are like, I can't, I can't now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And mm-hmm. what you're explaining is like how you walk back into it mm-hmm. and try to come back mm-hmm. to both being in the same place mm-hmm. while allowing the other partner. But also again, every relationship was different before. You know, yes, trauma can change relationships and change the course of things. But at the end of the day, we are still who we are. Um, and I've had a couple that that he came home and she really understood that he he helped with the kids in the morning and um, he went on to him on his own. He needed time to just to, to, process. Be, to process. I don't even know if he, to be honest, I don't know what he processed. I, I, I don't know him. I know her. But <laughs> but she really understood that, you know, he just need. And the truth is, every time he came home and he, during his 48 hours and he wanted sex, she's like, I can't. There was just, you know, and, and, and yes, it's tension. By the way, tension is also okay. It's okay. It's hard. War is hard. <laughs> I have other choice words that are probably not for this podcast. <laughs> war is hard. And we're at war. And during this war, we're trying to keep a life, you know, of, of living a life. You know, what happened to, I'm sure this, can I go back to the curiosity? I think curiosity, of course, with respect and with boundaries, I'm not saying the curiosity of, you know, poking, of kind of like, would you like to tell me? Questions of, can you tell me? Would you like to tell me? Did you miss me? Or, you know, how how did I enter? You know, some guys say, I couldn't think of anything. Guys going to other like, I block out at all. There's a beautiful poem I should send it to you about a guy who says, I go in because of you, but I go in without thinking of you. I go in, you know, with you in my heart, but I have to push you out of my heart. I have to, you can't hold those things all the time. So we're holding so much, so much. Um, so it's okay that it's hard. It really, really is. And and I, of course, there are so many professionals out there that really all I can talk about. I view my job. You know, I'm not just a psychotherapist or a couples and sex and family therapist, but but it's really just to enable people to come together again and to be okay with where they are because this is not normal. Totally not. Normal. This is not normal, and we're trying to make it normal. I'll tell you that I, I've said to my clients lately. I've said, "Listen, it's going to take me a minute, but I feel like we're inventing psychology as we go. Like we have to. I'm inventing words. I'm inventing ways to, you know, pulling on the grates, of course, and you know, and, and learning as much as we can. But at the end, tell me how you're doing. I'm as curious as anyone about my clients today. Curious as anyone about people. Tell me how this feels. What does it feel like? How does it look like? Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that we talk about often is mikvah night. Mm. There can always be differences mm-hmm. on mikvah night, mm-hmm. and the curiosity that you're expressing, I feel like, definitely needs to be present in mm-hmm. mikvah night. Um, but as a therapist, how can we help people thinking about mikvah night specifically? Because there shouldn't be an expectation of sex, but there often is. Right. But that's as a rule that. Right, not, not Which, because of the war. Exactly, not right. because of the war. But now, add into that mix two people coming together who haven't been together for a long time, and there's this underlying expectation, but we don't want it to be there. 
Um, so how, how do we navigate that? First of all, I don't know if the word expectation, I, I like to be, you know, reuse that word, repurpose that word, okay. you know, no, because I think that we've used it a lot. Don't have expectations. We tell that to Kalas and Hassans, right? Don't have expectations. Don't have this. And I'm thinking, I don't know, let's own our expectations. Let's play something out here, right? Let's own our expectations and, and, but also be okay that they're not met. Okay. And by the way, that is what we call really a person who can be differentiated, a person who's really can hold their own and can bring themselves to their partner. I really have expectations, but I may not, it may not, my expectations may not be met the way I expect them to be met, um, you know, for sure. I'll remind that mikvah night, like every other thing that used to be at night, I think that couples as a rule, you know, again, they work on it, they don't work on it, have their kind of system around mikvah night. Sometimes they both count, sometimes, you know, she surprises him, sometimes he's aware, right? Sometimes, you know, it's a joint effort of getting the house organized and her going out, sometimes it's not. Sometimes uh, it's always the day after that they have sex, sometimes it's not. Everyone has nechan there. I think, I think people have their own basic... Um, system that they adhere to, whether it works for them or not, it's just what they're used to. So the question will be, will people be able to fall back into that or not is, is a great question, but that's where I bring in the curiosity or, you know, the gentle, how about if we call it the gentle curiosity of like, if people aren't touching and they really just want to touch, you know, I would love it if you went to the mikvah. I know it's a crazy night. How can I help you get to the mikvah? I really just want to hug you. If this is a couple that doesn't hug, I really just, I, I would like this. Um, or she can say, I'm going because I really need sex. You know, do you think that's something that we can look forward to? And remember, sure, I'd like to try. So there's that gentle curiosity. There's expressing what I would like. And there's that response kind of like, I'd like to try that. Or I'm open to that. Which doesn't doesn't mean that you're going to have to do that. Right, and that you can change your mind. Absolutely. And by the way, the changing of the mind is really just part of this. You don't see what I'm doing, but I'm doing this like, you know, this wave thing with my hands, you know, of, of just like, you know, now I'm feeling it. Now I'm not. And that's OK. You know, and, and by the way, this is always about anything in a relationship. You know, now I want this. Now I don't. Did you ever get invited somewhere and you, and you complimented the hostess? about this delicious food that she made, the host or hostess, about how, how delicious this food is. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you like it. And then every single time you came, she made the exact same thing. <laughs> Did that ever happen to you? So like, it's happened to me. Like, oh, I remember that you said that you liked this. I'm like, I liked it. I gave it over compliments, but I don't mean that I want to eat it every time I come, but it's okay. So it's kind of like, you know, let's take the hostess out of it. But it's kind of like what we want at this moment doesn't mean that we're going to love it later. And it doesn't mean that we're going to always look forward to the same thing. So it's really, I really encourage couples with, you like that? (laughs) (laughs) It's really about, I really would like this and it's okay for the other couple to say, I really, I'm not there yet. And I encourage a response, not just to be yes or no, but more like, this is what I can offer. So if let's say the, Let's just take a typical almost, right? But it, there's nothing typical in these days anymore. The husband comes home and goes, I, I really hope that we can have sex tonight. And she's like, I don't think I can. Uh, but you want to think, let's cuddle and watch a movie. And and you're like, okay, it's really hard for me, but I'm down for that. Let's, and then she can say, let's see what happens tomorrow night. And then we're talking about Khalim coming home. It's much harder when the, when the guy comes home for, you know, literally 24 hours. And, you know, what do we do with that? We, that can be a different... Uh, conversation, but but really, what I would like, what I can offer, and it's okay to say I like I'm the, not there. The way that you're saying it is basically, if you say I can't do this, but I can offer this, yes. this is yes. my coming yes. towards you. Because even if we're not in the same place, right. 
Right. Here's what I can handle, and then the other right. person can. Right. Okay. You know, no, I'm less into. I, I just want to. I want to make something a little more specific from what I said. I'm less into what I can come towards you. I'm more into what I want. Meaning, it's not like, oh, okay, I'll give you a cuddle. No, no, you know, no. but I know, and I understand. I just want to make, make sure that I'm clear. Like, this is what I would like, and the other one says, I don't know if I can meet you there, but this is what I would like. You know, and can we? Great. And then the other person can go back and say, okay, but can we? You know, lay more intimately when we're watching the movie, at least that I can feel you, but or or not, and and so it can go back and. What back. I what I was referring to, and I think this is a really important thing to emphasize, is that saying no is very final. Like okay. when somebody comes and says, "I would really like," and you say no, mm-hmm. then that feels like a very big rejection. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a relationship and the other person says. I can't meet you there, but I can meet you here. Or this is what I would like. Or this is what I can bring. Right. Or this is what I what's good for me. Because what I'm open to. But I, what I'm open to, because again, we have two people. Let's go back to this really tumultuous times that we're in, um, where both people, both the husbands and the wives, the women and the men, whoever's the one coming home. And by the way, I have couples that. You know, the woman isn't home. And by the way, you don't have to be at war. You can be a doctor in the hospital seeing these horrible things and you're traumatized. You can be traumatized because you've been to funerals all this week. The, the, the traumatization, the re-traumatization, which again is a whole other conversation about what that means to our bodies. And we haven't had a conversation about what's happening in our bodies physically yet, right? About the the our hormones and our, 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 our stress hormones that are happening to us. I mean, I've talked to women that their periods are off and that things are happening because of the stress. What is going on? Adam Center did a whole um, Instagram live mm. with a doctor talking mm. about the changes that have been seen Absolutely. in women's periods. Of course, of course. And now, present. of course, present. Now, this is not separate than our sexual relationships. It's not separate to even our, our to even our emotional relationships because our bodies just speaking our emotions. And by the way, even though we can't pinpoint on the period with the men, they're also having the fluctuation of of you know heightened. And again, these these chaylim they come back from Azza and they talk about how they're heightened twenty four seven. I don't know how much you want to open this here also, but what happens when you want to have sex and it doesn't work? as you thought it would. She's not getting aroused. He's not getting aroused. He can't, you know, different things that happen. That That's also maybe another whole other half an hour for us to talk about. But but what do you do in those moments? And again, oh, your body's speaking. Remember how I said at the beginning, this is what I would like. This is what I would like. This is where I, you know, you know um, this is not so great for me. So let's try this. Let's start with this. And by the way, and, you know, and things like that, our bodies may speak without us knowing. By the way, that's the Mahut, that's like the, the, the basic thing of trauma. Trauma, our body speaks sometimes before we know. So that can end up happening as well. And what do we do when we so much want, and the couple so much wants, and they get into bed, and it's all going great. And then like something with either one of them happens that either turns them off, an intrusive thought, the body's not responding. It's not really what I expected. It's not really what I wanted. It's not... It doesn't feel right. It doesn't right. feel good. It doesn't feel right. It's scary. It's scary. And we're not even, and we're here. We're we're talking about this this place where, like, as if the couple also has all the time in the world. It's bubble <laughs> that there's children around and there's work. And by the way, the guys, I've a lot of guys come back and um, they're like, again, men and women is one, and they they just want to get back into life. Have you met people like that? I've met so many people like that. Even when they're home for two days, they just like, I need to go to work. I need to, to, to get the car done. Uh, the carburetor hasn't been working. Like, we need to. I didn't do the test for this. I haven't done this. And and like. I'm here. Hi, what's going on? Like, no, no, I need to feel like a person. So again, what's going on? Why are you doing all these technical things? 
I need to feel like a person. Okay, but I really would like you with me. I can't do that right now. Can we do that in two days? You know, can I meet you tonight at 12? Can we go to sleep early and we'll wake up at one o'clock in the morning when the kids are asleep? Can we do something like that? Just to give us an hour, just to, to do something. Um, one thing for summary, what would you say you would recommend to couples um, in terms of everybody getting back into normal life, especially for people who are in Miluim, um, anything that you can help say that would help a couple transition back? Just to remember that everyone is going through something and to be, to be honest and open about what each one is going through. And to give space for that. Literally, sometimes I'm like, listen, you're both traumatized. Everyone, just take five minutes at a time. Five, ten, it doesn't make a difference how much you decide. Just speak and speak and speak and speak and don't respond. Don't respond. Just speak. You just went through Aza and you saw this and this was painful and you had to do this and you couldn't come out. And it's so hard for you that you don't know what to happen, what's happening with the kids. And your wife made so many decisions without you. What does that mean? And where's your position as a father and as a spouse and as a brother and as a son and all these things? And she'll be like... I was left alone and I had to do all this thing and I had to go to Miyun on my own and I had to decide on schools on my own and you're not available and you're not here and I had to hold down to pay the bills and to do everything and even though I did it always, you're not here and I feel so alone and no one can fix it for each other. But can we be present for each other? Can the people coming back from Iluim into their homes and so I'd like to maybe give another terminology for it. Someone's coming back home but someone's also coming both sides are coming back home because home is where you both are. So yes, the house and the home and the children are there. And, you know, we're never going to be able to sing enough praise for these women and men who have stayed home and and kept the world worth fighting for, Mm -hmm. but they're both coming home. They're both coming back from a, from a journey. Uh, even though that may seem like a light word, but you know, they're both coming back from a journey and how can we give space, just space, not answers, not to fix it, not to take responsibility nothing mm-hmm. just space for each one's experiences just space if we can really give space to each other that is really the way i feel like you're saying to open up and be curious and absolutely and make coming home from wherever you're coming right um coming back to something that grows together right right not apart. right Mamash. amazing mm-hmm. thank you thank you this podcast is hosted by the Eden Center, whose goal is to reinvigorate the ancient female ritual of mikvah as a sacred space for women and use it as the natural platform it is to connect to Jewish women's health, well-being, and healthy relationships, enhancing Jewish women and family life. We invite you to visit our website, www.theedencenter.com, to learn more about our work in making mikvah relevant, welcoming, and meaningful. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please consider sponsoring a podcast in dollars or shekels at bit.ly backslash E-D-E-N-P-O-D. Additionally, give us a five-star rating, share this podcast on social media, and encourage others to subscribe.